running around, but I end up like Kevin when I run. So <laughs> I do the, you know what? How inspired are you now? You feel like you can go out and be successful? Yeah. That was a hot mess, right? If, that, if I'm hiring someone like that to come and tell me how good, how good, if I'm saying, if Jesus is like, you know what? I gave my life for you. Now it's your job to go and share about me. If someone comes in talking about Jesus like this, how many of you guys are going to be like, I'm signing up? No, that's a hot mess. But we do that. We run around being crazy. We're like, there's this guy, Jesus. I know my life works a mess. I have no money. Everything's bad, but you should follow him because I do. How many of you guys want to follow? I should have ran. I know it. Darn it. But, it, you know, it looks like a terrible, that looked like a terrible way of inspiring people. Probably would chose something different. And so I'm talking about running well. I don't run, I don't physically run well. I run spiritually well. <laughs> I run physically ugly. Um, it is really scary. Uh, I do it in private for a very short time. Like I said, I'm with Kevin. So um, that just wasn't inspiring. I mean, I, I remember seeing that and I'm thinking, how many times do we do that? And because we need to b- continue to build our walk so that Jesus looks attractive. Because he is attractive. Do you know that people will naturally be attracted to the Holy Spirit, to Jesus? If we're trying to get in there and, and make this big display and do all of this and be like, well, you gotta, you, gotta, you gotta come to Jesus because this, this, and this, and we don't let people actually meet him. You know, they, I always tell people, people are more apt to stay in the church if they meet Jesus first before they meet the church. Jesus is perfect, the church is messy church's people. <laughs> We're all trying to be like Kevin, like, I can do this, <laughs> you know, and so I just wanted to talk about how we're showing up in the kingdom, how we show up to other people, like, we're like, I'm a Christian, well, how are we showing up to those that are watching us? There are tons of people watching you all the time. I remember I used to work in the school system, and, you know, I used to put kids on the bus, because I worked in the preschool, and I didn't know how many people knew me. They would, like, call me by name, and, and I'm like, Hey, you. I didn't know you were watching me. I didn't know you knew me. I didn't know where you were watching me coming and going. This, I saw you in the store. I'm like, I hope they're not stalking me. But I don't, you know what I mean? No, I'm just joking. You guys, start. Two weeks off and I can't get any laughs. <laughs> there we go. That's better. <laughs> I got to take a drink. But how are we showing up in the kingdom? That's what I want to talk about. How are we showing up? You know, I hope that I don't look like heaven. I hope that could maybe, not you, Kevin, you're great. <laughs> His name is Kevin, I promise you. <laughs> I just thought about that. <laughs> no, Kevin's great. Like, seriously, I, w- I don't even know where we'd be because, like, every, we're like, our car broke down. You know, I mean, if we hadn't met you, I don't know what would happen. You have a gift, so. That Kevin good, this one needs some work. Um, so, and, and I started thinking about, like, what do my employers see? I'm self-employed. <laughs> Sometimes I see some pretty bad things. My coworkers, you got yeah, the coworkers I work for work with. They do things like give me a hundred kisses a day, put their butts on my laptop, you know, come to me, come with me to the bathroom. They're just they got they have attachment issues. You guys do know I work from home, and my workers are cats and dogs, but <laughs> my coworkers. But what what are they seeing? You know, um, what. What are our kids seeing? You may show up really good out in public, but your kids see what you're doing. 
because you know what you think you're hiding. They, they, kids just know everything. As soon as you don't want them to be around, they just pop right up. You're like, oh, they're in bed. You turn around, where did you get there? This one. She was little, and I'd be like, oh, I finally get to sleep. Cuddled in. I am like in a deep sleep. I'm dreaming. And I'll open my eyes. And this one's staring right at me. I scream in her face. She screams back in my face, runs back to her room. And we're just both screaming at each other because it's terrifying. But how, your kids are always there. You think they're not there. They're watching. Your, you know, kids are kind of like Santa. They know when you're sleeping. They know when you're awake. They're always there. So I just thought about how we're showing up in our families with our kids, with our friends. Are we acting the same as... It's okay, we'll pray for it. It's in break. So. <laughs> Jesus, heal the phone. I don't think that's biblical, but <laughs> just tease it. I'm really full of it today. I think it's because I haven't had a lot of sleep. So our friends, sometimes we go places and it's like, I'm going to act this way when I'm here, and I'm going to act this way when I'm over here. And we need to start thinking about how I'm showing up wherever I am. You know, the people, when I go to the store, how do I look? How do I look when I'm in the parking lot? Sometimes I look different in the store than I do in the parking lot. Because in the store, I'm just huh, shopping. In the parking lot, everybody drives the wrong way, right? Yeah. They pull out in front of you. I might look a little different in the parking lot. You know, I was in the store, you know, and my husband didn't like to go to the store with me because, like, I just talk to anybody and, any, and people just think that they can just talk to me. And so all the time, like, I'm in there talking to people. People just come up, start telling me their life story. I'm hugging people I don't know, and my husband's, like, trying to hide. He's, like, over there behind the bread. Oh, when is she going to stop talking to these people that we don't even know? You just met them three seconds ago. And I'm just like, I don't know. But then I get in the parking lot, and my husband, and I'm like, why are you doing this? Don't you know how to drive straight in? You're not supposed to be in, you know. Do you ever realize when you get mad about that, you do the same thing the next second? It's like, oh, you're keeping me a little humble, Lord. I just told them not to pull out in front of someone, and then I go, ooh, do the same thing. So but I'm talking about how we're showing up when people are watching, when they're not watching, when we go to sporting events, <laughs> how we act at home. Do we, look like, do we look like Kevin on that video trying to spread the gospel, and we're just so out of shape with what we, what we know about the kingdom, um, how to live kingdom, those mindsets, those, those lifestyles that, that um, God has set for us. You know, we're just this hot mess, and people look at you and think, you need saving. <laughs> you're, trying to, you're trying to lead me to Jesus, but, you know, let me help you. You ever have that? There's some people I'm like, please don't tell people that you're a believer. <laughs> I have enough work. <laughs> I bet people probably feel that about me sometimes. <laughs> Let's be honest, right? We're not all perfect. Just Jesus. So we need to think about how, how we're showing up, how we're running the race. God actually talks about running the race. In 1 Corinthians 9, so if you want to follow on, we're going to start in 24. It says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way that you get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my, 
to my body and make it a slave so that so after I have preached to others I myself will not be disqualified for the prize right our job is to go out and preach the gospel everywhere now most of that is without words how we live what we're saying how we're acting that's how we preach the gospel every day so we need to run for that prize. In, in, in God's word, he said, you need strict training. Where do you think you get your training? The word of God, you know, hearing that. If we're like, I don't know how, I don't know how to run kingdom. I don't know what the principles of kingdom are. God's like, I put them in here. I have it for you. Because guess what? Especially when you first get saved and you first meet Jesus, you're probably doing a lot of the same stuff you used to do, right? You might still be struggling with shame, you might still be, you know, struggling with all of these things. And we have to learn. We have to learn. He's like, you know what? I have a way. You have to train. You got to get in shape. We got to study the word. We got to pray. We got to implement the word of the kingdom principles in, in our work, in our home lives, you know, especially to our children. We got to actually believe what God says in his word. So sometimes we're like, oh, that just felt good to hear. But we've got to actually believe what God said in his word. I'm going to share something. Um, I asked this person, but I wasn't going to share it today. <coughs> but um, <coughs> healing, I felt like God was doing a lot of healing today. I don't know if someone came in with a headache, but I was praying. And did anyone come with a headache and they don't have a headache now? Because I was praying for someone's headache. Maybe it was my own. I don't know. But I was praying for that specifically. And God's like, you know I am still a healer. Do you know that I still answer prayers? It's not past tense. And so I want to share a story that happened over Christmas break. So a family that comes here, they have kids, and they were all really sick. Like f influenza A, RSV, all of these at the same time. Ear infections, and what was the last one? Pneumonia and the bronchitis. They had, okay, so this family's very sick, going in and out of the ER. And, and she calls, she's like, hey, can you pray? And I'm like, yeah, we can pray. And, sh and I prayed with her, and I said, you know, do you got antibiotics? I really feel like your kid, and she said, there isn't any in the whole county. The doctor sent us home and said, there isn't, I'm sorry, I can't help your children. And I said, well, we're not having that. I said, God said he will answer our prayers. This is at 9 o'clock at night. We start praying. Ten minutes later, she messaged me back. She said, my doctor called my house. And guess what? He found one dose of children's antibiotics, and he's saving it for me, and they went and picked it up. How good is that? We prayed 10 minutes later. How many of you guys have a doctor calling you at 9 o'clock at night? I mean, that's a miracle right there. You're getting a call back from a doctor anytime. <laughs> but at 9 o'clock at night, you know, sometimes they were in the valley, but instead of sitting there and saying, everything's bad, she, they saw the promise and said, you know, my God can still, my God is still God, and he will do something. So when we came together, where two or more came together and began to pray, God walked them out of that. So that's, I just wanted to share, like when we are in the word and we know what God says, we can actually apply it. If we don't know what God says, guess what we can't do? Apply it. <laughs> and that's what the enemy wants. He wants you to not know so that you can't take the promises of God and say, God, you said this. I'm holding you to it. You said, you know what, that you, you promised this, and I'm going to come and say, where's the promise? But if we don't know that God promised us healing, that God promised us provision, that God promised us everlasting life, that, that God promised us peace and all of these things, if you don't know it, guess where you're going to live? 
you're going to live in that, that lies, that depression, or whatever the enemy's trying to speak over you. So I just wanted to say in 2023, it's this whole new year. I love 23 has been my favorite number since I was a little kid. So I'm like, this year's going to be great. It is for us. Like, Lana's graduating. I don't know what a good thing. You know, like in the next couple years, I could have grandkids. I mean, this is coming into a good season for me. All the grandparents said amen because you don't have to do any of the discipline, all the love and spoiling. And we got a lot of babies coming (laughs) here. So it's good. So I thought this whole new year, you know, I thought it's time to get aligned with our destiny. Our destiny is moving whether we align with it or not. God, he planned a destiny for us. It's our job to partner with it. He doesn't make us. He's not like, get over here and do what I told you. The Holy Spirit isn't like that, is he? He doesn't act like that. So it's time for us to say, you know, I want to align what God has for me. I'm going to put off those old things. You know, life was not so great. How many of you guys remember your life pre-Jesus? Yeah. Some people, some of you younger kids, if you got, like my kids, they got saved. They met Jesus really, really young. They probably don't even remember not walking with him, do you? You know? And, and but some of us that we walked many years without him, and we did dumb a lot, right? <laughs> the older we are, the more we say amen. <laughs> more I need to realize, you know, it's my job. I, I know what my life was there. I'm not saying bad things don't happen now. They do. But, you know, I don't have um, a hopelessness. I know what the outcome is. And I want to align with that destiny because I want other people to walk in that. I want them to walk in that peace, in that favor, you know, in that hope. So I, my destiny is tied to other people's destiny. That's how God made it. That's why he's like, you're the body of Christ. No one can move without the other. <laughs> he didn't let us just be by ourselves, did he? That's so good. So maybe we've been out of shape but we need to start deciding, I, I want to get in that good spiritual shape. I want to know when something happens, I'm prepared for it. I want to decide to commit and make, I love in that word in it said up there, I'm going to read it again, it said, no, I, I strike a blow to my body. He's talking about our flesh, what, our selfishness, the things we want to do, what we want at that time. He's like, you better tell that to shut up. It's going to get you in trouble. Your flesh is the one that tells you to do dumb things like, what's something like, you can go down a hill on a skateboard without a helmet when you don't know how to skateboard. That's dumb, right? How many of you guys have done that? Mine was rollerblades. We're the only ones, see? (laughs) My kids actually revealed to me this week that I've told them all the stories of my childhood, and they're like, do you know that you were Dennis the Menace? but in a girl form, like, you tried to help people, but you did all these things. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Okay, last night, I gotta confess. So, like, this is what happens. Like, I tried to do, like, you know, be excited, be nice, and just, like, love people, but, like, in the midst of that, I do dumb things. My body's just, like, so I went to Mercy and Noah's house. They just got a new house, you know, and it's beautiful candle. Of course, she's probably had it going for like, it's a giant candle. Let's let it go for eight hours so it's a complete liquid. I 
knock it off into the sink, then it bumps the sink, and then it hits the ground, bumps up, and wax just goes everywhere. And I'm like, yep, so then I have to yell, because I can't just, like, hide it, because she knows me. <laughs> like, if it's somewhere, like, I'm not going back, I might have just put a piece of paper, put a towel, <laughs> move the rug, I don't know. Like, I don't know who did this. So, but instead, I yell out to everyone, hey, everybody, I just destroyed their bathroom with a candle. So, like, her in-laws are there, and, and other people are there, and, like, everybody comes in, and it's like, look what you did. And they're laughing at me. And I just thought, that's my life. I mean, that's a silly thing. That's not sin. But, I mean, it's still funny. It probably was funnier for you guys than me because I'm in there, like, trying to scrape it off with my nails. And Mercy's like, I got it. I'm like, is it okay? <laughs> and her scared her cat. Um, <laughs> it's good times. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Um, but trying to commit making our flesh, like telling it what to do, not making all these dumb, crazy choices that, um, you know, those are silly things that I did, but I also did things like blow up trash cans and, um, you know, other things that were bigger, you know, that I shouldn't have done. I look back, I'm like, that was terrible. Like, why did I think that was okay? I already repented for it, and it was many years ago, like over 20, so, you know. But those type of things, I'm just talking about things that we make bad choices. And, you know, driving. I remember almost getting hit by m- on my bike because I thought, mm, I'm just going to go. Car's got to stop for me. Well, they don't always stop for you. You've got you to gotta follow the laws. But making our flesh submit. When I want to yell at people, when I want to, you know, get out of my car. Sometimes in my car I'm mad, but I'm like, I can't get out and start screaming at people. I've got to make my flesh listen. Sometimes I can do it by myself, and sometimes it comes in the form of my husband or my kids being like, Mom, stop, you know. But we have to make our flesh submit to our spirit. That's how we're going to align with our destiny. Because our spirit, it's good. It's from the Lord. You know, God, he gave us the Holy Spirit. It doesn't make those bad choices. It doesn't make dumb choices. You know, the spirit always aligns with the word. It's our flesh, our thoughts, our minds, our ideas that we need to line up with God's word. So how do we do that? You know, we read the word of God. You want to know what God's word says? There's this really cool concept. You want to know what something says? Read it. Listen to it. Take classes. Listen to podcasts. Read books. Come to church. Those are all good things. That's a, I don't know how to line up with my destiny. I just gave you a bunch of easy things. And now with internet and stuff, you're like, I want to take a class. Go ahead. You could do it, you could do it while you're at church. No. <laughs> I mean, you really could. Um, but all these things bene- benefit you but also the other people around you. You get benefited. Other people around you get benefited from what you do. When you know the word, when someone's like, will you pray for me? And you're like, I don't know what to say. Or if someone comes up to you and says, will you pray for me? And man, you got the word and you're putting it over them. You just benefited somebody else. So I'm going to make this kind of a challenge for you guys. I, wanna, I want you to make it a priority in your life this year. Not just an afterthought, not just something, you know, we do because, well, I accepted Jesus and and you should do these things and I should be nice and good because, you know, Jesus. No, I I think we need to make a priority. How many of you guys make a priority to show show up to work on time? Okay, so these are the ones that still have jobs. Um, (laughs) Right? Because if you don't show up to work on, work on time too many times, 
How many of you guys make food for your kids every day? Not one mother raise her hand. What kind of moms do we have in here? <laughs> That's truthful, mom. How many of you guys make your older children make food for your children every day? <laughs> there you go. I told her she did. <laughs> but making it a priority. Guess what? We get up. We get dressed. We make that a priority in our lives. How many of you guys have played a sport? Yeah? Guess what? If you don't show up to practice, how much playtime you get? Not very much because you're not making that a priority, right? If you want to be buffed out, if you don't go to the gym, you're going to be Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. I got some dough. But I'm, I'm okay with that. But I'm saying is if what you make a priority will happen. <laughs> Only the older people. I'm having fun. Are you guys having fun? You know, because God doesn't, he doesn't want us to go around being like, we're just miserable worms. No. We're alive in Christ. So I want to make, I want to challenge you guys. Make it a priority and, and challenge yourself. And so these are the things I'm going to ask you to, to challenge yourself. I'm not even asking you to read a bunch of, one scripture a day. Yeah. There's a scripture short. It's God is good. If you're like, I can't read, I'm pr- God is good. One scripture a day. I'm not being like, go through the Bible in a year. Some of you guys want to do that. You're great. You're probably better than me. I get to like, and then I'm like, I got to go over here. I have a little bit of ADHD, so I'm like, I'm in Genesis. I'm in Revelation. I'm in Hebrew. <laughs> Which is all good. But I'm saying one scripture a day. You got a Bible app, it, it will pop up on your phone. You don't even have, you know what? Okay, I'll just read it right there. Matt got me a present. But, or on your phone or on here or whatever. Or you know what? You can read a billboard. <laughs> if you go to Fremont, there's a lot of billboards that all have a Bible verse on them, you know? One a day. How many of you guys think you could do one scripture a day? One scripture a day. And you could do more than that. Give you permission. Go ahead. I dare you to. No, it's a challenge. One scripture a day. That doesn't seem very hard. Less than 30 seconds. Learn one thing a day. I mean, you have things on, you know, Instagram. You have books. You have podcasts. Um, you have all sorts of things that you, you can learn. Something about God's word. Other people... They say, hey, I read this. You're like, good, I'm glad you read. Now tell me. (laughs) Don't do that to people too much. You can read for yourself. But learning one thing a day, how many of you guys think you could do that? If you read the scripture every day, you probably will learn something every day just even from that scripture. So two in one. And here's here's the last one. Come to church every week. Oh, everyone got quiet. (laughs) Oh, she's asking me. We We only do church 51 weeks a year can't believe that. Now, this isn't because, you know, I feel like, I mean, you guys have beautiful faces. I, I mean, it's pretty to look at, but that's not the reason. I, I'm asking you to do those things. If, if you do those three things, watch your life change. I guarantee, I guarantee it. I didn't say life would be easier. I said it would be better. 
I guarantee 100%. So I'm going I'm to talk about that a little bit. So in Matthew 4, 4, it says, Man does not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We can't even survive without the word of God, let alone thrive. You will perish because we have everlasting life, right? So if you choose not to put the word of God in your life, you can't live. You will die. You will die a death. Where in Christ, even if we die a natural death, we have everlasting life. So right there, it says if you don't have the word, you can't live. So not food alone doesn't even nourish us. We need the word of God to thrive, to survive. How many of you guys are like, I'm going to do that scripture every day. (laughs) I want to live a little longer. Just in that. So I want this example. So I was watching reels. You guys know, if you don't know what reels are, there's like these little clips on Facebook or you might have Instagram or whatever. But I was watching this and this guy was going up to people at gas stations and he's like, I will fill your car up with gas if you can just one scripture, if you can quote one scripture from the Bible. He did it in that one person over and over and over. And they're like, these people are like, the, he's like, you go to church? They're like, yeah. Can you just give me one scripture? One scripture. And not one person could do it. And I thought, so I started thinking, Lord, what do I know, God? You can do all, I can do all things through strength of you. Lord, you supply all my needs, given only given unto you. You know, I started thinking, oh, Lord, I would have been, I'd have been filling everybody's gas tank up. Not just my own. I thought, see what you knowing the word of God can bless other people. And right there, just not having one verse actually caused lack in their life, didn't it? Just not being able, you could have said anything, any, any Bible verse. And then he gave them, he's, this one guy's like, I don't even know what the Bible is, so he was ready. He actually paid for his gas and then gave them the Bible, so be prepared. But I'm thinking, we think, well, what does it really matter if I know the word of God, like, if it's in me? It matters. You saw just right there that that caused lack to come into that person's life by not knowing the word of God. <clears throat> so it's encouraging. Get a verse, um, meditate on it, see what God's saying. And, and when there's times when, when we had nothing and God would say give, and I was like, okay, Lord, you say that give and it will be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, man will pour into your bosom with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And I thought... I got a dollar. (laughs) But you know what? We never went without. We never went hungry. (laughs) And things like that. I mean, just the craziest things. I remember I had one pair of jeans when I was, when we were first married. 9-11 happened. There was no jobs. You couldn't, you couldn't do any job. There wasn't any. You had, you know, white collar people coming and working at McDonald's because there wasn't jobs. And gas was like four something again. And we had nothing. And I think that was, I can't. I think I already had, we had Layla a little bit after that. But I remember I had one pair of pants. One pair of pants, and I would just wash them. You know what I mean? And we didn't have washing machines, so I washed them by hand. And I just remember, you know, going and putting our tithe in and saying, you know, there's people that are worse off. We didn't have a phone half the time. We didn't have heat, electricity. I mean, we were not doing well. 
not very encouraging, is it? But what I was saying is I was like, I just remember, I never told him, I said, man, I just really would love to just have another pair of pants. And I just said that to God when I put my offering in. I said, God, I just would really love to have another pair of pants. The next week, someone came up to me and said, and they gave me, they slipped me some money and they said, I noticed that you wear the same pair of pants. God told me to buy you another pair of pants. It's overwhelming that I didn't tell anybody. You know that's God. God brought that to their mind. Them knowing God's word about being a giver, providing, taking care of one another. And, you know, I I looked in my closet this morning, and I have, like, a stack of pants. And, you know, sometimes I've watched that with people. I watch for that now, and I'm like, we got to buy them pants. I do that with people. I'm like, we got to buy this person pants. I sat out there waiting for my kids to get picked up, and they've wore the same one every day. I'm like, so if you're wearing the same pair of pants, you're going to get But do you see how, like, God works in the littlest things? But just knowing that God's word, I knew that I could pray that God would provide for me, and someone else was doing the same thing, and they, they had the opportunity to provide. So we need the word of God in our lives. And then the second thing, learning whether through podcasts or books or classes or other people, Proverbs 4, 11 says this, I instruct you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. When you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life. Saying learning is life. And God's continually ready. You know, it says he's going to give you, instruct you in the ways of wisdom not knowledge. He said wisdom. Wisdom trumps knowledge. You can learn a lot of things and be dumb. You ever met a smart, dumb person? They can, they can do like all these math things, but they can't go to the grocery store and know how to grocery shop. Okay, she's better than, I got to Mercy, I got to call you out. Um, when she was young, she did not know how to grocery shop. My kids did not know this. They went with her. And she's like, let's go down this aisle. And then she's like, let's go over here. And my kids are like, Mercy doesn't know how to grocery shop. She's, she can now, right? Oh, no. <laughs> Noah. Noah threw her under the bus. Yeah. But, you know, if you never went grocery shopping, you never learned how. But, I mean, there's people that are smart because Mercy's super smart. But she didn't know how to grocery shop. I can call her out because we're friends. She knows. Right? It's good. It's funny. Yeah, like, I'm, it's just the day of mercy. This was happening. God wanted to highlight you. <laughs> but what I'm saying is we need to learn wisdom. We can learn a lot of facts, and it doesn't help us. We need to learn the wisdom. You know, I, I think about when I've worked different jobs over the years, and someone goes, how do you always know, especially working the kids, how do you always know how to handle them? And I said, well, I don't think... If you do this, this happens. Every day they come in. They come in throwing a fit one day. One day, you're going to go sit in, in, in time out for a little bit until you get yourself together. The next day they come in throwing a fit, I'm going to pick them up in a bear hug and squeeze them and shake them around, throw them around and make them laugh. You know, because i got to ask the Holy Spirit. That's wisdom. Oh, the first day they were just mad and throwing a fit. The second day they had a terrible morning and their parents yelled at them and they were just having a bad day, right? I need to know that. And I can't know that except through the Holy Spirit. See, that's why we need to know the Word. That's why we need to know 
the character of God and begin to put it in our lives. That's why we need to continually learn because when someone comes and had a bad day and they were snipping at you and you snip back, guess what we just did? We just added to that bad day when actually we could just give them a smile and change, change their whole course of how their day is going to go. So I encourage you, if you're like, I don't like to read, listen to podcasts, books on tape. You can listen to the Bible every day. Sometimes I do it, you know, I remember John's phone started talking and reading us the Bible that one time at church. See how it goes? But actually look for that and say, you know, I don't really know what God says about marriage. I don't know what God says about raising kids. I don't know what God says about finances. I don't know what God says about worry. I don't know what God says, you know, about being faithful. I don't know what God says about honor that's okay. He's like, I, I've given you an opportunity. I'm going to show you what, what that says. So do those things. All right, the third thing, attend church regularly. This is where we get a little prickly, right? Because we forget that church is not for us, that we are not consumers in the body of Christ. Coming to church on Sunday is not for you to be like, oh yeah, I love the worship, I love that you did this, or I love the word, I love that we're having bagels after, oh, it's about me, please serve me. We serve one king and that's Jesus. It's not about, oh, I just really like it, I just felt so good here. I don't care how you feel. <laughs> Dude, I've been married to you for too long. Because you know what? How you feel does not, is not going to change the world. Lining our spirit with the Holy Spirit is going to change. You come here because you need to get built up because you're going out. And there's people that need you to hear the word. And then you also come here because someone might have a good word for you. Right? Get encouraged. How many of you guys said something nice to someone today? I'm going to say something nice. Congratulations on your new little boy coming. They're going to have a boy, so make sure you congratulate them if you didn't see that. So congratulations. Um, but things like that, how many, how we come here, we're down, and someone just smiles at us. Someone says something nicer or gives us an encouraging word. Matt gave that word, and it's like, yeah, I felt like I can do anything. When you read from Isaiah, you're like, I am on the mountaintop. And then you go over to Jeremiah, and you're like, I went to the valley real quick. <laughs> We need the Jeremiah's because you know what? Sometimes we're in the valley. We need to say, keep going, keep going. But we need to attend church regularly. And this is not because we need every seat filled. You know, I set up these chairs. You know, it'd be, it'd be a lot easier to not set up a bunch of chairs and do it from home, wouldn't it? To watch it on. Wouldn't that be easier for us? I mean, those of you that set up chairs and come early, wouldn't it be nice to sleep in on a Sunday? Not set up chairs, not clean everything up? Yeah, that would be nice. But God said... Do not forsake the assembly because he did it for you. It's not, don't, it's not attend church regularly if it doesn't conflict with sports, if it doesn't conflict with my job, if it doesn't conflict with, you know, these, the future fun plans I have or sleeping in. That's not what he said. He says, you know, we have to change. If you want to make it a priority, how many of you guys want to have awesome kids? How many of you guys want to know about finances and, and want to be able to pay for things, right? Yes. Want to be blessed. How many of you guys want to know what God's, if you've dealt with anxiety, worry, depression, how many of you guys want to be like, I want out of there? Yes. A few weeks ago, some people came in and God, they came up and afterwards and I talked to them and God gave them a bunch of words and actually showed them some tips of how 
through supernatural knowledge that God just gave, how to, how to walk that out. Yeah. Gave people a, a moment, an encouraging word. Because you're not always here for you, you're sometimes here for other people too. Sometimes you're the one that you're like, everybody please. <laughs> I need, what, what scripture did you have this week? Because I'm pretty sure it's for me. What did you have? Not like that. Okay, good. Right? Like someone that, when you're praying for someone, the person next to them is like, well, I don't have a problem. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suck that prayer up. You don't want the prayer? Give it to me. <laughs> I will take that prayer. I will take that blessing. You're going to be aloof about it? I'm going to come snatch it up. Coming out with my arms like, I got your blessing. <laughs> I'm not stealing people's blessing. I don't believe in that. <laughs> I'm just joking. You guys, <laughs> come on. But we, there's a reason that God wants us to attend church. And not, I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about the body. He says, so I'm going to, you know, changing our plans to make the body a priority. When you come, you're saying, you guys are important. You're important. You matter. What's going on in your life is important to me. I care about what happens to you. I think about you during the week. Actually, we really do. We think about people during the week. We say, I wonder how their week's going. Remember to pray for them. Um, Share things. We see different people. I know you guys said that you saw someone that you had seen at church, and and you made a point to just say hi to them. And... um, things like that. It's, it's making that a priority, reaching out, wanting to serve, be active in the body, partnering with your worship. Yeah, we can choose to stand here and be like, they worship weird. Well, God says, you know, in the word of God, it says, lift your hands to the Lord multiple times. Sounds like when you don't want to do that because you're worried about what people think. I'm not saying, sometimes God has you just standing there. Sometimes God has you on your knees. Sometimes God has you flat on your face. Sometimes God just has you to yourself. He's dealing with something. I'm not saying if you're not raising your hands all the time, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is if we think, I don't have to do that and you can't make me, it's like, you're right, you can't, but God said to do it. I may look a fool. I don't care. There's times God's like, take your shoes off. Worship. Put your face on the ground. Yeah, that looks pretty silly. But God's just dealing with the heart to see if I can be obedient you know, start partnering your worship with him. Rarely do I deal with sickness for a long time because I just come to church and say, Lord, take care of it. I don't have to sit there and have anxiety and depression for long periods of time because I bring it to the worship and I say, you know, God, I'm just going to give you glory. And you know what happens? He says, open my doors with thanksgiving and praise. <clears throat> so I have access to everything because I open the doors. So come in and ready to partner your worship. We are not just singing songs. We are worshiping and telling God how good he is and thank you, Lord, for everything you have given us. And it's exciting. It's exciting to see what God's doing. So don't be a lame part of the body being dragged along. You ever have your kids go dead weight? I do it to Matt all the time. Like I'll be standing there and I'll be like, he has dropped me a few times. We used to I've told this story before, but we've had youth group for many years. We, we used to be active. Me, me and Matt used to do youth group. And teenage boys are a different breed. And they decided they would do this game called Trust Fall. And they would just go anywhere. I'd be walking in the grocery store. I could be getting gas. And I would hear Trust Fall. And I'd be like, they're co- cause they would just literally, they'd stand up on, on shelves and things like that and do this to us. Like that was like, 
how they had a relationship with us. But it was so scary because I'm like getting gas. I'm like, where are they? Because they, because I'm thinking I'm going to drop someone's kid on their head and they're going to say, I learned a youth group, you know. And so things like that is being there for each other. Don't be that lame part. Be ready when someone's hurting, when someone's struggling, when someone has need to catch them. Yeah, you're thinking your brother. <laughs> it, was pre, it was pre that, but he would do that for sure. Um, like I said, teenage boys, they have a different relationship like in youth group. They do crazy things. And we ha- Matt would just drop them, so they got used to after that to see if we were together. If, if, if Matt was by himself, they'd be like, Where's Sarah? I know she won't let me hit my head and break it open. Because you know who has to talk to the moms? <laughs> See, we'd be in the store. He'd go run behind that bread aisle. Oh, you dropped a kid. <laughs> we got to be ready. We got to be ready. You know, I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't have this. You know what? My God's, you know, he said he's going to supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. He says that, you know, he said, do not have a spirit of fear. So when they go, there, do not have a spirit of fear, but a power of love is down mine. Got you. Get up. Get up. Get up. Right like that. When we have the word in there, that's what we get to do for others. We can do it for ourselves. So don't be that lame part being dragged along. Church can get very mundane. When you have to get up and you put chair after chair after chair up. You got to take it down. You guys, it can get, oh, yeah, we had announcements. We did this, you know. But God's moving all the time but we have to come expecting. It's not just, it's not, it's not always just this big, fun holiday vacation. That's not what life is, is it? That's not what the church is either. It's the everyday little things. What we remember, yeah, vacations are fun, but you get home, but it's all the little teeny things that you do throughout your life that make the relationship. All the things you remember. You know, I remember we just got through Christmas, and I have this one ornament, and it actually is a scent ornament, and it's like... 40 some years old and I keep it in a ziploc and my mom gave it to me and every year I say man this is I smell I'm like this smells like Christmas growing up it's the little things not th- I don't remember half the gifts I got growing up but I remember that ornament and as soon as I smell it if I'm in a store and I smell that scent I'm like it's Christmas <laughs> it doesn't but that's how it should be. It's all the little things, the little conversations, the breaking of bread together, which we're going to do later. You know, all the small moments that make up the majority of our lives. So show up. Realize that you, you being part of a body is important. Prioritize it. You are important to the people. I know you guys helped somebody out of the ditch to, this morning. I bet they were glad you were on your way to church. See how good, you know what I mean? I've had that happen lots of times. I'm like, I'm glad for church people because when I go out on Sunday, they're the ones helping me because nobody else is up. But do you see how you showing up changes other people's lives? In Hebrews 10, 24, it says, Let us consider how we may spur on one another towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more you see as you see the day approaching. He's saying gather together, not just on Sundays. Hang out, go to small groups, go to classes, spend time with people in the body. Iron sharpens iron. You want to see where your life is going, look who's around you. 
You know, we wanted a good marriage, and when we were first married, we did not know how to have a good marriage. So I said, guess what? Love you guys, but the only friends I'm hanging out with, these people, they've been married 20-plus years, I got to follow you, because otherwise we're going to be divorced. That's it. And and now I can have other people. I've learned. I've grown. But, you know, in that season, our marriage was like we were young. We were dumb. We didn't know anything. We were still on the dumb train, and... (laughs) And it was going fast. (laughs) And I was like, all these other dumb people be on this train with me telling me how to get off. And they're still on the train. I got to find someone. Who is the conductor here? (laughs) Who has made it? And that's what we did. You see, spending time with the body builds your life. Who you spend time with. There are people in my life that everything's out of control. And it's wild and crazy. And they're doing all these things. And they get little bits of time. And in that time, I'm like, Lord, you let me be the light. I'm bringing the atmosphere. I'm changing this. I used to go to parties when I was a teenager to make sure that people got home safe. So I never drank at a party, never been drunk, never did that. But I would go to parties to make sure that if I saw girls in compromised positions or, or um, people that wanted to drink and drive, here we go, pulling you out. And it was scary. Sometimes I remember I had to take this girl, and this guy had her, and he was a big guy. And I thought, Jesus, you better be with me. He's like, you're not taking her out of here. I'm like, yes, I am. I'm stepping up. I mean, he made John look small, and I thought, Holy Spirit, you better be here. He was, because I thought, thought, yes, I am, and we're going to go. And I thought, Lord, please have, like, a band of angels with me. He did. I picked her up, put her over my shoulder. There we go. But do you see how it's important to be part of that body you guys get to hear all of my crazy stories I didn't realize how many I have until I start telling my kids and they start telling everybody else (laughs) tell this person tell these people your secrets it is funny but I it was also (laughs) traumatizing you have kids you don't have secrets so I'm asking you to do three things how many guys think those things are simple how many can remember what those things are after I talk about for five minutes? Oh, I'm going really late. I'm so sorry, guys. But you guys okay with that? Is anyone, like, if you got to go, okay. Who c- do you guys remember what I said? There's scripture. Learn something. Go to church. There we go. Simple, simple. So if you do those three things and you say, my life is not better, come see me in a year. I will give you $100. It's recorded, right? I will lit. Look how many people here. That I'm saying I will on re- recording. If if your life is not better and you actually did those things, I'll give you a hundred bucks. I know how good God is, and I know that's why I'm so confident. I could say I'll give you a thousand dollars. I'll say I'll give you ten thousand dollars. Well, I don't have to worry about. It. I said if you do those things, and your life is not better. I didn't say easier. That's right. So if you do those, when it comes to a year, guess what? I'm talking about you come to church. I'm not, cl- I'm, I'm, I'm talking about like don't come when you're sick and be like, I got to make it <coughs> because I'm not that $100. <laughs> you go home. We will pray for you. You have a season of rest. Use wisdom. Okay. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about, I'm just so tired. I don't want to do this. Ugh. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, coming to church, learning something, even if it's something small, and you're, you're going to get healthier. Your spirit, you know, is, is encouraged when you partner with the body. 
and remember, I'm not saying nothing bad will happen to you. There's probably going to be bad things that happen. I'm not going to lie to you. Bad things are probably going to happen to everybody in here this year. We live in a fallen world. I'm, ta- I'm saying you're going to have the tools so that no matter what is thrown at you, you're going to be able to still walk in joy and wisdom. To still have joy even in the sorrowful points. I mean, a lot of us have lost somebody in our life and people are like, how did you get through that? How did you have joy in that? And it's like, because I walk with the Lord. And even in, even in grief-stricken times, I've had joy. It, it's, been, it's been good. Hebrews, I'm, I got one scripture and then we're done. So, Hebrews 12, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that is so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Learn more about your identity in Christ, your purpose, the race meant for you, meant for you to win, the true goal that you have. You know, get rid of the clutter, get rid of the excuses. You know, heaven is the crown, but every day that we live is the race. We're in the race right now. We already got the crown. It's waiting for us. I'm just encouraging you guys do that because I want, I look at my life a year ago, 10 years ago, all of this, and it's just better and better. Some bad things have happened in that time. But how I go through it, now I come a bill I can't pay for, and I'm like, <laughs> before I'd have been like, oh, my God, we're going to go. We're going to be homeless. This isn't going to work. How does this always have to happen to me? God hates me. And now I'm like, <laughs> this is going to be hilarious how you're going to take care of this God. Figure it out. It's your deal. And you know what he does? He does it. See, that's how we walk through. So I encourage you guys, do those sort of things. Encourage each other. Because the word that you might, you might read a scripture that week, and it's for someone here the next week. So let's pray.